Welcome to Writers with Wrinkles, where authors Beth McMullen and Lisa Schmidt iron out the wrinkles in writing, publishing, and everything in between, one podcast at a time. This week we ask, what is an easy way to jumpstart your writing? And by easy, I mean literally in your own backyard. And what happens if you flip the script on a tried and true storyline? Stay right where you are for the answers coming up in a minute on Writers with Wrinkles. Welcome to episode 35, Books on Botox. These are the episodes where we talk about books that we love, that are good examples of some kind of writing that we think you should read because they might help your writing. So, okay, we can't start this without acknowledging that both Lisa and I are in the middle of a really, really miserable heat wave out here in the West. It's supposed to be 106 here in my town today, which is like not even a a number. Like, you know, it's crazy. It's so, so hot. It is hot. There, I've said it. <laughs> I just came from a walk and I nearly passed out. I regret my decision to go out. It's so miserable. Okay. But this is kind of funny because yesterday I was working on my latest manuscript, which is an adult book, kind of a comedy And it takes place between Thanksgiving and Christmas in New York City, where between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's cold. So I'm writing and I do a couple of pages and then I go back and I look at it. And all through the entire thing, I have talked about the weather being hot and it's so oppressive and she's sweating and all of these things that are related to the weather that I'm experiencing right now, but could not be more opposite from the weather of the time that the book is taking place. So I literally had to go through and cut out all of my work because it was completely, completely wrong. I just couldn't get the heat out of my head. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. like funny. It's actually in the chapter before the one I was working on, the main character is talking about she's out on Long Island by the ocean and it's, you know, six degrees and windy. So, I mean, really on the opposite end of the continuum from where I'm at right now, my, my head had melted and it was just coming out on the page. Well, it should have been more of a Taylor Swift type moment <laughs> because there was snow on the beach. I know. I love that song. I do too. Isn't it interesting how I was able to work it out so or work it in so quickly into the podcast? You did. Within like the first four minutes, you had hit the Taylor Swift on the checklist. And I guess now we can move on, right? We can. I don't know. What else are we going to talk about? We did Taylor Swift already. I guess we're done. Bye, everybody. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. So... In the background, Lisa and I are plotting something that she's going to tell you about. Ooh, this is very exciting. So I do have to say, we kind of have been discussing it for a while. And then we were at lunch, and I will just say it was for a birthday lunch for me. And it was so much fun. Lisa turned 27. Yes, I did. Again. (laughs) 
And we were with Jenny Lundquist, our friend. Oh, and just a second, pro tip, if you're ever feeling down and out, just get a birthday balloon and walk around because people will walk by and go, happy birthday, happy birthday, like all the way back to the car. People were <laughs> shouting happy birthday at me. And I was like, this is like the best day ever. And you know, you could like <laughs> do it when it's not even your birthday. Well, that's what I'm saying. Just like go out with a birthday balloon. It made me so happy. I was like, this is fun. So anyway, so yeah, so we've been kind of talking about this for a while and I'm really excited about it. So we are planning, drum roll please, a writing retreat workshop. And it is going to be for a limited number of people. What did we decide? Like on 24 or 25 people? Yeah. And I think the format we've decided on is the first 10 pages and then a query letter. Or it's basically, we're going to be workshopping that. So it's people who are really, they're ready to take that step of uh, finding an agent. And we are going, and we've already identified the three agents, but we're not going to reveal that yet. There'll be three agents there. And then an author, Jenny Lundquist, has agreed to. (laughs) She's the theme of our our show today. Jenny, (laughs) you're the theme. Well, and I also had to inform her that she wasn't getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) Newsflash, you're working and you're not getting paid. Well, you know, she said she has this idea that she wants to do in oh the workshop. God, and it's so a really good. good idea. We're not going to tell you the guys that yet either. But she was like excited that she would get a chance to do it. And it's really good. So I'm I'm super excited for that. Yeah. Too. So it'll not only be having breakoff sessions where you're working with an agent or Jenny on on your first 10 pages and query letter, but there's also going to be some instruction on craft. And so I think it's going to be a really amazing workshop with an amazing location. It's an amazing venue in South Lake Tahoe. So this will be a destination workshop retreat in Lake Tahoe. And it's not going to be this September, but September 2024. So we have some time to plan for it. And if you are polishing up a manuscript right now, or you're getting close, you have a year to get ready. (laughs) Because that's when it's happening. Starting right now. Yeah. Clock is ticking. It's going to be super fun. The place that we're looking at, again, none of this is done, but... The place it's right on the lake is right on the lake. It's so beautiful. And Beachfront. honestly, I feel like Lake Tahoe is just inspiring. If you've been it there, is. you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been there, it's definitely worth going because it's just one of those, those nature scenes that kind of blows your mind, makes you remember that you're just kind of a small little thing and you know, you can manage all your troubles. It will be okay. That's what it it's makes gorgeous. me feel like. And it gives us a reason to go up and scout. <laughs> right. And okay, this is not as cool uh, a pro tip as you're running around with the birthday balloon, which is like my favorite thing ever now. I just bought a mini mic. You know, those little mini mics that you can put on your phone and it's plug and play. So even technological idiots like me can do it straight away out of the box. And when we go up for our scouting, we will be doing voice notes that we can share with you guys. So you'll get like some real in-depth info on what this is going to be like because I love my mini mic and I want to use it. Okay. So I have to share this now because you brought up Mike. <laughs> I just, like, Oh no, you're going to tell them. I have to. Oh no. Okay. You guys, hold on to your hats. This is a doozy. So in, in the last couple of episodes, my voice has sounded really far away and we couldn't figure it out. And I didn't know if I'd done something <laughs> 
different or what had happened. And so I asked my son, Ollie, I think everyone knows that by now. I'm like, Ollie, can you check this out and like double check and make sure everything's right? Because my voice sounds really far away. And he's just like, he's making all these, you know, teenage noises. And he's like, fine. And he's like, do you even have a Zoom account so we can text it? And he's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so then he's like doing some stuff and all of a sudden, and he throws out like a JFC. (laughs) He looks at me and he's like, your mic is turned around. (laughs) And somehow in this little stand, I had spun it around. So the front of the mic was no longer facing me. And he's just like, there's a little, see where it says toner that has to be facing you. And so I'm just like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Thank you Honestly, very much. your, <laughs> when I went to edit, so I can see the sound in the editing software and yours was a flat line. Like I could hear you, but I couldn't see any of, so I couldn't edit you because I couldn't see where to stop and start. And I was like, what is happening? But because my brain that, is a flat line, that's why we <laughs> <laughs> haven't flatlined yet, but there's still time. I am really glad you solved that problem because that was like causing me a huge amount of stress. And I do love that it was because your microphone was backwards. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. I must have like knocked it over and then I just reset it because it's you know, it's a microphone, it has one of those cool little kind of filters that kind of poke out over it. And so my son just thinks a little bit less of me. <laughs> he does, but that's their job as teenagers. There's some, I do something every day that makes my kids think less of me, but you know, there you go. All right. We should jump on to books on Botox here. So a quick reminder, our selections are available on our bookshop.org site and the link is in the podcast notes and also on our link tree, which you can find on our Twitter profile, which is at Beth and Lisa pod and on Instagram at writers with wrinkles. So my book, I love this book. I'm smiling. Just thinking about it. It's called killers of a certain age by Deanna Rayborn. The publisher is Berkeley and it was published September, 2022. Quick summary, bouncing between past and present, this is the story of four 60-something assassins who have just retired from an organization called the Museum. They are sent on a luxury retirement cruise. While they're on this cruise, it becomes clear that the Museum is trying to have them assassinated. I'm not going to go more into the detail on that because that's part of the fun part. And from that point on, this novel flies along with tons of humor, crazy amount of violence, and a lot of jokes about arthritis and hot flashes, which I totally appreciated. But you don't want to mistake any of this for weakness in these women because they will kill you in a heartbeat. This book was so... This book was so much fun. Shout out to to my friend Jamie who handed me her library copy, which I swear to God, I'm going to return on time, I promise. So what I loved about this book, the humor is great. It is funny. The violence is, I wouldn't say it's believable because it is over the top, but it completely fits these women as you get to know them, what they're good at and what their skills have been as they've been part of this four-person team for 40 years working together. You get to see how that all 
fits together. And it's remarkably touching at times that you're like, oh man, it's emotional. So to be able to do all of those things at once, I think is an amazing achievement. The pacing is super fast. But the reason I chose it as a book on Botox is it is a story that flips the script. So normally you're thinking about assassins, you're thinking La Femme Nikita, but this is like assassin grannies, but you know, and granny in a positive way. So what you typically expect from a book with assassins is flipped on its head and you get these four women who are older and they're dealing with all the things that age brings along with it. But again, you underestimate them at your own peril. And that's the really fun part. Like take a convention. If you're thinking about playing with a convention in your work, take the convention, turn it upside down and see what happens. This is a great, great example of that. Plus, it is just so fun. I had so much fun reading it. I kind of want to go back to the beginning and start again. Comps for this, the Thursday Murder Club series, which I've talked about on Books and Botox before. I love this series. I happen to know the third one just came out. I have not read the third one yet, but I love the first two. There's also a book called Secret Lives by Mark DeKestrique that deals with older characters doing things that are unexpected. So that's my choice. Go and get it. It is perfect summer reading. Perfect summer reading. So, so much fun. That sounds like fun. It's great. It's great. I like, I loved it. This author, Deanna Rayborn, has only written, she's a best-selling author, but she's written historical fiction. And I read an interview with her where her publisher was saying, let's do something with older characters because of the success of the Thursday Murder Club and Secret Lives and books like that that have done well. And she said, okay, great. I'm happy to do that. I want them to be assassins and I want them to be 60 something and I want it to be contemporary. And she said her publisher was totally right with her until she said contemporary. And then they freaked out because she had only ever done historical books. So I guess they're like eating their words now because this thing has done really, really well since it came out in 2022. Oh, good. That sounds like it should be made into a movie. I'm sure it will be. Or a Netflix show. One or the other. No, not Netflix, because somehow they'll like mess it up and... They're they're on my bad list, my naughty <laughs> list right now. I fell in love. I love Lockwood and Co., which is you know Jonathan Stroud, who we all know I'm in love with. Um, I don't mean that in a weird way. I mean that in a good way. <laughs> I'm a fan girl. You're a and fan it was girl. such an amazing show. Like it was perfection. It was the perfect adaptation, and they canceled it. They did. Yes, and I'm angry. Like, how is that even possible? They totally canceled it. They're not doing a second season. You know, I'm just hoping it's one of those things where somebody else will pick it up and run with I can't imagine somebody else is not going to, like, take it and run with it because it was so good. Oh, my God. It's kind of made for TV or movies. That's what I felt like with this book. It's kind of perfectly positioned to be a series, to be, you know, a, a couple of movies or something like that. That sounds good. I will check it out. All right. So now we move on to mine. 
Da, 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 da. Okay, so I, and this is something I've, I've recently revisited, and I'm also reading another one of um, her books. So my, my pick is The Peculiar Incident on Shady Street by Lindsay Curry. It was published in 2018 with Aladdin, and I'm a huge Lindsay Curry fan. So she just has, and I don't know how she does it. I feel like she comes out with a book every year. But one of the things, well, I'll read the what the story is about, and then I want to kind of address where, what I love so much about it. So the peculiar incident on Shady Street is um, Tessa Woodward isn't exactly thrilled to move to rainy, cold Chicago from her sunny home in Florida, but homesickness turns to icy fear when unexplainable things start happening in her new house. Things like flickering lights, mysterious drawings appear out of nowhere, and a crackling noise she can feel in her bones. When her little brother's doll starts crying real tears, Tessa realizes that someone or something is trying to communicate with her, and it involves a secret that has been shrouded in mystery for more than 100 years. So she does, Lindsay writes all spooky stories, and that's not what I'm going to talk about today. What I think Lindsay does so well, in addition to writing great stories about ghosts and scary things with wonderful friendships, is that she taps into local histories and locations as a source of inspiration for her books. And it just adds an interesting layer to her stories. So she lives in Chicago and what she's done is I'm sure she researches local history and finds all these interesting things. I mean, it's the ultimate writer's prompt. So when somebody's trying to come up with a new idea or looking for something interesting to write about. Sometimes you just need to look in your own backyard, research your town, research, is there anything interesting that's happened? And maybe a story idea will come from that. And Lindsay does that really well with all her stories. I feel like there's always some source of local history that she attaches to her books. That's a really good idea. Because, you know, no matter where you grow up, if you grow up in a big city or a small town or wherever it is, there's always that like urban myth that floats around your town about something that happened way in the past and nobody knows if it's true, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that everybody knows about, but nobody really knows about. That would be a great thing to tap into if you're looking for inspiration. And you're right. It doesn't matter where you're at. Every town has history. It could be some little town in the middle of nowhere. It's got history somewhere. And I remember I had submitted when I was part of the spooky middle grade book, we had submitted ideas for it and it never went anywhere, um, which I was surprised. It was an anthology on urban myths and urban legends. But it was such a great cast of authors that were involved. And we had to write a short story that was around an urban legend. And so when I just started researching, I found the coolest urban legend where there was like a bus. I think it was Philadelphia that people would get on and then they'd end up like losing time. That is a great urban legend, right? And you want to, you just are dying to know where did this start? And what was the incident that created that myth or legend or rumor or whatever you want to call it? Because it's just so cool how those stories get completely twisted up. and Yeah. And so even if you're just, you know, you can't find anything local history, t- type an urban legend. I mean, that was, and I wrote my story and I loved it. And it's someday it will make it someplace. 
days, but for right now, it's still tucked away. But it was it was such a great writing prompt. And it was fun to see what other people were coming up with and their stories. And it's something you would have never thought of. So if you're stuck for an idea, just do some local research. And when you're able to go and visit those locations, it adds such a fun layer because you can go there, see it, feel it, smell it. And, and people can look it up. Like when I read her book, I was like, I was Googling stuff. And so um, Lindsay's written three other books and she has another one on the way, but she has What Lives in the Woods, Scritch Scratch, and The Girl in White. And The Girl in White is one I'm finishing up right now. But The Peculiar Incident on Shady Street is my favorite so far. That is awesome. I love that one too. I remember reading that a bunch of years ago. That's it. She's really good. And she kind of just hits all. And she's just kind of a rock star right now. Like I see her feed and it's when she goes to schools, she gets a rock star reception. Kids love her books. And so she's a great, for me, she's great mentor text. I read her books and of course I'm highlighting and making notes. And, and the other thing is it was, I've been struggling, you know this, I've been struggling right now with writing. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to read Lindsay's book. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I jumped back on the computer and wrote a few pages, which is a lot for me, because you know, I'm a slow writer. Well, I mean, that is the whole reason that we do this books on Botox for people. Because if you're looking for inspiration, if you hear something that we say that makes you think, oh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to go read that book to see a good example. And then you're going to hopefully have the experience that you're having where it just opens the floodgates and you're able to harness that new energy and bring that to whatever your work is. So, I mean, I think that's, you're a living example of this whole books on Botox thing. I mean, when I, my book just made me feel like bad that I hadn't written anything that fun. So I had the opposite (laughs) experience. Well, it can be depressing. Somebody on Twitter just said, do you, do you get depressed when you read other people's books? And I'm like, every single time, like, I always feel depressed and think I can't do that. But this time I was like, just go read a book. So yes, that was my, that's my books on Botox. And and you're right. I hope that it, not every books on Botox is going to resonate with somebody in that moment, but in that moment, you might find some little nugget of information that's going to get you motivated again or get you moving or get you writing again Um, because I've been stuck and I'm hoping that, you know, my goal this weekend is to reach 10,000 words and I'm going to do it. And then usually when I hit 10,000, then it kind of starts picking up pace, but I've just been twiddling my thumbs and not writing. Well, now you're inspired. I am. Thank you, Lindsay, for inspiring Lisa, because now she's going to go hit her 2,000 or 2,000, 10,000 words. Excuse me. Yes. I don't want to shortchange you on this. Don't. And the other thing is um, we should mention like uh, that we just booked Lindsay. So We did. Yes, we did. We're super excited. Very excited. I have questions for her. She's going to, I know. I feel like I'm just going to put myself on mute and you're going to just do all the questions because I know you're okay. like, you have a lot of stuff to ask her. So I, I do. Think that's gonna be I really do. Fun. Well, she just, and I feel like she's a very generous person with her time as far as school visits and helping other people on. I know she has a lot of, a lot of stuff out there. And so I'm really excited to chat with her. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. All right. So those are the books on Botox selections for this week. And as always, we encourage you to pick up these titles because we love them and you will love them too. And it's summer. So we're supposed to do a lot of reading in the summer. 
And again, look for them on our bookshop.org site. That is all for today's episode. We will be back next week with author Sally J. Pla, who runs the Novel Mind website, which is a web resource on neurodiversity and mental health representation in children's lit. We here at Writers with Wrinkles are super fans of Sally's. So please, please, please join us for that one. It was a great conversation. I actually learned quite a bit in our in our time talking to her. And until then, my dear friends, happy reading, writing, and listening. Goodbye, Lisa. Bye, Beth. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Writers with Wrinkles. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.